0: Welcome to Cross of Gold, the podcast where two brothers, one, a Christian in the political wilderness, and the other, a socialist in the spiritual wilderness, work to rediscover faith in each other, our communities, and the American experiment. We have faith, and they have walked when our calamity came. We think no longer. We defy them. You shall not press down upon the proud labor, this crown of thorns. Hello, everybody. We are back yet again. A uh, couple weeks uh, hiatus so far. Just wanted to take a little break and reassess some things. Um, but here, as always, is Cyrus, your socialist brother, along with Chase, the Christian brother. Chase, how are you doing today?
1: I'm well. Uh, if and when this ever goes to YouTube, I am in Idaho Falls. Um, and I am actually currently peeling peaches. Uh, we took from uh, Jam Sessions, Idaho's uh, a property where Mama Capel's backyard. So um, if nice. you hear some clinging nice. in the background, it's me and the peaches and the peeler. But yeah, we took a couple of weeks off to tell you, uh, we're going to take a couple more weeks off. We had to do some serious soul searching about what season one was. And you know, it were, had we been making the progress and setting out to accomplish the goal in which we hoped we would, and then, if we were to continue, how best to continue? And so, um, good news is we have been making progress, and we have more progress to make. And so, we have been a little bit more deliberate in planning um, what we've learned so far, or reviewing what we've learned, and planning what we need to learn. Cyrus, you say that's about right?
0: Yeah, I would say so. You know, I mean, I think maybe some people might, you know, on first first listen to one of our episodes or, or to our conversations. Might, might take it as a little bit gimmicky this whole you know brothers trying to figure their way out of the wilderness sort of thing um but i would say that's that's not true you know was, a lot of this was was very intentional from the start of us feeling a little bit lost um, a lot of lost, to, little. a lot a lot of bit lost and, and really trying to make sense of uh, our role in both you know everything from our families to just the, the wider political and religious spheres in which we find ourselves so that said we we did want to take a beat to uh figure out you know kind of take a look at where we've been and figure out where we really want to go and then uh check our check our compass check our map and uh reorient a little bit um yeah so that said um chase how, how are you feeling about how how things have been going so far what do you think uh where do you think we've done and where do you think we, we should go
1: yeah let's let's start there what, what we've done what i've learned and then maybe to you for that, and then um, the way forward. So I have um, not just um, emphasized, but I believe validated my criticism and confident, confident disbelief in uh, the church's manifestation in both political parties. Uh, what's that? I guess mean I'm way less convinced by mainstream electoralist arguments on how to vote whether that's on Fox, whether that's a social gospel way to appeal on MSNBC, whatever, Um, or by Christians in microphones, whether they be white, black or whatever. And so what I'm trying to say is we've been using Jesus for our political processes, uh, one, to fight communism, two, to fight slavery and to everything else. um, And maybe for some, some immediately good ends, but whenever you use Jesus, whenever we've used Jesus as a country for our own ends, I think we stop, we, we start forgetting who who God is and and arrogance gets baked in, opulence gets baked in, um, has been baked in. And so, and so I feel just studying American Christianity and the change there, I certainly want to know more about it, but I feel more confident to say, I don't trust political Christians, whether they be Democrats or Republicans. And so I feel like there you when you start seeing people use christ for their own ends i start to go wait a second i don't trust any of you people i need to i need to really uncover for myself what a political expression of christianity is and and i'm not convinced just because you say it's the holy spirit doesn't mean you're not being lied to by a voice that sounds like the holy spirit it's telling you hey this is what you should do because it you know this will make you more like god and oh by the way if the Democrats or the Republicans using Christian biblical arguments um, find any sort of simpatico, the devil is quite trained and apt um, at using scripture for his own means and for convincing people, all the way back to Adam and Eve, that this fruit will make you like God. And so, uh, so if anything.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, sorry, I do mean to interrupt, just I think that's an important point that you know, our political culture and our, just our culture in general, whether it's Christian or otherwise, is, in, in my view, really designed to make everyone imagine themselves as God, um, you know, as a sort of singular entity who, who sort of coexists among all these other, you know, masses of people and, and institutions that they live in, but that ultimately, you know, your role in this culture and in our society and in our economy is to serve yourself.
1: Yes, very good. And yes, yes. That, thank you for that support. And we we outlined, I think, successfully most of the Christian voter profiles out there. From and if I miss one, you know, forgive me. But from John Sanders, the uh, you know avid Christian disciple, no voter, yeah. um, who's even questioning right now. Maybe we'll bring him on again in season two, like the you know the, the current church structure in America, to Jason Yates, who is a, you know big time. Uh, we are God's stewards and, you know, America it was, it has this Christian, a Christian nation, and we should seek to protect that to Joel and uh, to Joel and um, um, uh, Russ, goodness, yeah, who also believe that we should seek to instill God's values in our society, but are on the left side of everything to Josh, um, you know, uh, priest in formation who thinks we should vote, but just because the yeah we're stewards, but like really we're totally missing the heart and kingdom of God, which is the heart of man, um, to Richard, who's a one issue voter, and to thinks you know because he thinks that's such an egregious you know evil that how could you vote for anything else, and so um, it's just really interesting. I think I've said this once in a in a, in, a uh, in an episode before, but I was really enamored with Philippians, the end of one and two, for a while during our first season, and. The Philippian church was really interesting because it's like a like a military Roman retirement community. Uh, so very nationalistic, very pro-military, very much like the American South. And um, and in the letter to the, to the Church of Philippi, Paul well, basically makes two overarching pleas. Uh, be humble and united, be humble and united, and to be like Jesus. And, and, and that is godliness. And so, whenever we're calling other people evil, um, I, I don't know. I, I, Jesus certainly did that, uh, but only to people who had a claim on, the, you know, the, the way God communicates with people. So, man, well, I, and
0: that—that's you know, also that—that that was Jesus saying that. And although the Bible, I think, calls people to be Christ-like, I don't think it ever asks them to confuse themselves with being Christ uh, himself, you know, and, and having that authority in the, in the same way that the you know supposed Son of God does uh, yeah thanks
1: for rescuing me from that riff but so I guess no. that leads me to what I want to focus on and I'll just cut you off before you know what you've learned and because it flows and that is um, I need to I need to understand more about how the early Christians were thinking and operating um, namely because I think democracy in world culture has has, has a really weird play you know, John Sanders said something really interesting. I don't know. I'm not buying into it yet, but democracy might be the slickest thing the devil's got going in that it really manipulates, really sucks and, and, and deceives us and particularly our attention and effort. And I want to know how the Christians who were living in pagan Rome run by a tyrant were operating because they were still getting encouraged to love God and honor the emperor and or love their slaves uh, and or love their slave masters. And so like, I need to know how the early Christians were operating and thinking themselves politically responsible. And then maybe if we can do it in season two, and if it doesn't take to season three, what did that, how did that change when Constantine, you know, uh, makes the Holy Roman church go corporate. And so I want to know how that changed. And then, so I need, that's where I need to go. I need to go deeper um, and understand if any of our current assumptions about how we participate in society are influenced by people and not Jesus.
0: Yeah. I mean, just to interject about that, you know, sort of point about democracy too, that, you know, that's, that's, if we, e- even if we lived in a real democracy, um, you know, I think that that's uh, there's, there's dangerous temptations there. there. There's ways that your, your belief and faith can be demented or, or, um, you know, drawn away uh, from, from its, fo- its its necessary focus. Um, and especially so if, uh, it's sort of just like a parlor game, or a spectacle, or a form of entertainment, or a form of, uh, you know, rooting for one team or another, which I think, you know, I don't I don't want to be too presumptive. But I think a, a lot of our listeners, uh, and people in general, these days are feeling less and less confident that we actually live in a real democracy. Um, and so then at that point, it's just it's purely vanity. If it's not really act- actually exacting political mm. change, it's just it's entirely vanity. But Um, but yeah, no, I think that that pivot. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll cut in, and
1: I before I ask you what you've learned and things, I'll also throw this in. Um, because I've been talking to you know Christians in our neighborhood, meeting more people on neighborhood walks, to some that, um, are you know Bible study or whatever, and um, and I've also become more confident in some of the problems, many of the problems socialism calls out, and a lot more educated on the counters that are really hollow example talking to a guy you know mentioning our podcast and he's oh well you know i i will be a pretty wealthy guy owns his own business and i think he was sincere i will pay for anyone's scholarship to go um to venezuela and experience their socialism and i'll also pay for their emergency request home And, and and you know he's like that it's just perfect proof that you know what um american capitalism is better than venezuelan socialism And I was like, well, it's not perfect proof because based on some of our conversations, like, yeah, they also don't trade with America or with a lot of American, you can't really, don't have access to America's financial system, um, which is largely the world's financial system. And so it's like, can we really measure? I'm not saying they have a better government than we do, but like, if you're trying to just measure apples to oranges effectiveness, like you can't. And so- Right,
0: it's a very very surface level understanding and which is exactly sort of how people- you know, the people who uh, rule this country and our global financial system want it to appear, um, which, I, you know, any any even uh, even sort of tepid understanding of South American politics will, will give you a much bigger insight into America's influence into the, the governments of those areas. But um, but I mean, hey, even our dad, who. Uh, you know, and told me a couple weeks ago, I was talking to him on the phone, he said he was at a dinner party, and he's by no means a socialist. But um, he was talking to someone who, you know, was lamenting the fact that his son had, uh, you know, sort of gone over to the Bernie-ish wing of, of political, uh, of the political party, and, and was sort of, had had left the church a little bit and was was sort of in a, you know, in a similar place to, I guess, myself or or in you even in certain ways. Um, And uh, this guy was just, you know, bummed about the fact that his son was becoming a socialist. And even our father said something to the effect of, well, you know, I mean, when you really get down to it, the principles of socialism are closer to Christianity than any other, you know, political uh, theory that it's out there. Um, and, given that he was in Idaho, probably at a, uh, at a, a barbecue full of, you know, uh,
1: uh, employers, yeah. <laughs> uh, he probably went over like a lead balloon.
0: Yeah. I think he was, yeah. Well, I was surprised to hear him say that because he, he doesn't, you know, typically, uh, tread, tread that direction very often, even if he believes in, in something about that, but he'd had a couple of whiskeys, I think. So he was a little bit more confident to, uh, pontificate on, on the subject. Um, very but happy. But yeah,
1: so all that okay, to say. Okay, so Cyrus, so yeah, so that's where I'm at. Um, in review, I hear a lot of what socialism's saying. I understand, I certainly understand it's way more than I would have anticipated. New American socialists have largely left the church either for reasons of hypocrisy or for re- reasons of looking to, to make uh, more maybe practical loving change. Um, and I know that I now need to understand how the early Christians saw themselves and their responsibilities before I can faithfully leave political participation because I still am right like I I admit right now um and in some ways I do a lot of good and so does our organization I'm co-state coordinator for Texas for my faith votes right so we've got a you know a a large newsletter um now I don't agree with everything or does but I agree with a lot of what they do and so so I don't know, I, I, in some ways I feel like I need to leave. In some ways I'm like, no, nah, like, I'm not confident in that yet. So right. I am, the confusion is- So it's is a priority. Hard. Yeah, no, and I, mean, I got a lot of things going on, but anyway, that's where I'm at. And this, this, this for season one has helped. I just know that journey's not over. Um, yeah. I couldn't even tell you where I am in the journey, but uh, why, don't, why don't you therefore reflect, what, what have you learned this season? Um, and, and what did you like or hate?
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate your, your candidness about all that. And I, I would say that you know, for those who've listened to the podcast and and our more theological episodes um, or our spiritual journey kind of episodes, they they might know my story. But just to kind of recap for those who haven't, uh, you know, I was raised in the church, similar to similarly to you, um, and then and then fell out uh, later. And like a lot of people who leave religion, who've been raised in it, you know, they become very anti-religious or anti-Christian, very like more staunchly atheist, you know, sort of immediately out of the gate um, swinging from one pole to the other. Um, And I've been reflecting a bit too about like why exactly that is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think a big reason, like you said, yeah, sure. It definitely has stuff stuff to do with hypocrisy and um, with wanting to find other ways to make change, you know, because it may, it's, you know, the, the sort of Christian charity ethic, isn't doing enough, um, as I think a lot of people see, or as a lot of people think, but, you know, I, I began to see it as less of Christians and in the, in the Christian church, um, and religious organizations as a whole, but especially in, you know, in America is the main frame of reference here. Um, it's not a servant of God, uh, whatever that might mean to someone, but it's a servant of, of the powerful elite. Um, what you is know, the church, yeah, I think that it, it generally is is at least come to seen by a lot of people um, as serving the interests of kind of the most powerful people in the world. And as we've seen, uh, the the world get worse over time in our lifetimes, um, and things start to kind of fall apart, and the center starting to dissolve. Uh, <laughs> that. It's hard to reconcile the fact that, you know, the people who are responsible for Afghanistan, let's say, are all Christians and and rally their Christian base to, you know, support things like that when when that happens. Um, And especially, you know, having been in the military, I think that was all a big, big frame of reference for me. But all that to say that I think that was... An understandable mistake on my part to fully, you know, uh, cast aside any spirituality or, or, um, you know, belief in in the power of belief. Uh, And I think that has been a big part of my journey during our kind of first run here, first season of of episodes is this understanding and and coming back to an understanding that, you know, belief is not only useful or good. Or, or you know, not always, but that it can be useful and positive and good. But that, at least for my purposes, and I think for the things that I believe are, you know, quote unquote, true about the world, belief is essential um, to coming to, you know, to make the changes that I think we're going to need. To Whoa, make.
1: sorry, you used a word I want to make sure you're deliberate on. Um, sure. You said essential? Uh, So belief is essential to make changes, not because it's useful, but also because why?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I want to clarify here too what I mean by belief, um, because I think a way that a lot of people are feeling, I, I can't speak for people necessarily outside of my general worldview and perspective, but definitely within and I think without too, is this, this feeling of hopelessness. About making change for the future, um, about creating a world that, you know we not only we would want to live in, but our children and grandchildren would want to live in. about, uh, you know, being able to even enact change through our own actions. Um, you know, I think that is something that is is very difficult for people to imagine right now, um, that we're kind of up against a wall here. Uh, And I, you know, that is, I think the logical perspective, I think, if you're uh, taking things from a totally reasonable, rational, you know, pragmatic point of view, you're going to look at things and say, man, I don't know what I can do to actually help. Um, I mean, yeah, you can help on a micro scale, you can, you know, like, as we talked about a lot at the beginning of this season, too, you know, you can help your neighbors and you can help in your community. and and whatnot but it just all feels like just not even staunching the bleeding but like wiping the bleed the blood off um by by cleaning off the dried blood uh that it's just a a constant flood that that we're having difficulty getting getting our head around and so not not only for you know the that i think belief can be useful for your own individual life um and, and and be very can be essential to your own happiness um, and your own uh, peace, but that it's absolutely essential for people to have a belief that transcends rationality, that transcends logic and reason in order to make the changes that we, we, we want to see in the world. Um, so, you know, what that belief looks like exactly for me I'm, I'm, is what I'm trying to figure out in the same way you're kind of trying to figure out what your political action based off of your belief should be. And, you know, I know we're coming at it from uh, almost opposite ends of the spectrum in certain ways or certainly different uh, realms, but that is what I'm trying to figure out. So that's kind of both one, what I've decided I think is necessary and two, in a way uh, where I think I need to go from here is to figure out, you know, not only how does that belief um, and that sort of spiritual understanding of our own existence um how is that necessary for me? How will that is, is best used for me? And also um, how can it be, you know, how, w- how can we impress that onto other people and, and sort of, you know, spread the gospel of that in, in a sense. Mm. Uh, so. Um, okay. I, I like that. I, I think you're right.
1: Yeah. And I, I think you're right on a few ways. So I'll just affirm, I guess. And some, some of that, it seems that while Fox news might, seem and let on that socialism is inevitable and it's you know barking at our door um even the neoliberal wing of the democratic party isn't up for socialism and so and so yeah i think there's an uphill battle but i also think that yeah there is a a faith in your cause um that is is certainly required or a belief in it um i would just want to uh, so so yes yeah, so i, I guess yeah to I any conservatives
0: that. listening who who think that uh the socialist takeover is imminent at least take it from someone who pretty much has devoted their life to the cause of socialism that i'm extremely pessimistic about our chances um so you know if it gives it's if it's keeping you up at night you know you can you can rest easy for a sec because i i'm certainly keeping me up at night that i don't think it's really you know it's going to happen anytime soon um
1: but then okay but i just i just want to um I don't know, maybe it's not, I don't think it's a challenge, but just inquire about like um, one, it's one statement and it's because. The statement is pursue the truth of it if it is true and therefore you won't run into the same issue modern Christians are in which is using truth for its for their ends right right? whenever we try to use particularly jesus or god to instill our own desires and securities and things then we are using god for man's purposes and that's a bad place to be generationally if
0: not within your own lifetime no Um, i'm yeah i mean i think so so focus on the truth of it
1: and you, you know, on, on the truth of your cause and the truth of what belief is out there. So you know, seek out a belief that is true. Yeah. Um. And then you know, let that truth lead you.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's that's uh, a necessary component because you know, like I said, like to me and everyone, you know, gets there in their own way and, and maybe in their own time. But you know, an understanding of of the tradition of Karl Marx and and the materialist understanding of history and and the outlining of of how power works that you know that sort of tradition talks about. To me, that is true. It makes way more sense to me. It helps it helps me make sense of the world in a way more clear way than anything else ever has. Um but that truth in and of itself isn't enough. Um which I think Christians might be able to empathize with because I think they probably feel a lot very similarly, especially American Christians about the essential you know capital T truth of the matter, which you know I think we could we could quibble a little bit about whether or not how much faith that requires if you just you know accept face value that something is true. Um, but that isn't enough for people to believe or for change to actually be made. Um, the truth is is good. it's maybe a foundation for faith and belief. But even if you believe something is true, you have to have faith that uh, your belief in it and that your actions that are motivated by that belief in it are, will, will actually make change, change people's hearts, change people's minds or, or change the world, I think, in the case of, of socialism, a little bit more of the focus. Um, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I, uh, I moved to New York, um, which is essentially... a a carnival of capitalistic pleasure Um, and it it really you know my first few months here it's easy to get kind of caught up in that um, almost falling back on the hedonic treadmill that I you know felt like I'd maybe escaped but it's always there it's always running Mm -hmm. um, especially in this society that we've created for ourselves and uh, it's one thing that is certainly true for me, and I think has been made very evidently abundantly clear, is that uh, service to the self is, is not service at all to, or it does not serve the self at all. Um, that, that there is the paradox no, hedonism. Yes, that there is, there is no peace or happiness to be found there. Uh, that there's, you know, there's use and, and not, it's not all negative to do things that are, that make you happy or give you some form of pleasure in some way. I'm not arguing for, you know, asceticism or, or whatever. Uh, but if you are only, you know, pursuing, uh, what you probably wrongly understand to be your own desire, uh, that is in it's chasing the dragon it is uh it it will never um never give you what you're looking for especially Mm. because you know if those are your only goals and then you fall short of those goals then you really have nothing else and you have no one to blame but yourself um so that is uh yeah so i would say sing a song about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah um So that said, as we, you know, kind of move forward into this, this next phase of this project, um, obviously that's kind of my overarching focus. And I think in, in the same way, I've also become pretty fascinated with the early church history and early Christians. Oh Um,
1: yeah. You were, you were starting to mention that.
0: Yeah. Well, just to say that they, you know, were motivated beyond logic in a way that didn't make any sense um as you know i think we we've you and i have talked about i don't know if on the podcast but you know being eaten by lions in the Colosseum, um with lit up like roman candles dude lit up like roman candles i mean some unimaginable torture um for things that you know even they hadn't most of them at at that time uh hadn't seen or heard with their own eyes in terms of like the actual resurrection of christ um but their, their belief was so profound and strong. And that very belief, that act of belief that they exhibited in the Colosseum, that they exhibited among the persecution of the early church, is what made Christianity into what it is today, um, at least in a sense. It, it is what recruited people. It's what grew people. Because when people see that someone is motivated by that profound of a belief, uh, they have no the the only logical explanation is is for them to to think that well there must be something there
1: well and and here's the thing though and that's why it's really important to focus on the truth it's because the people who died in the Colosseum and this is what we're going to go this is this is what we're going to go explore and verify like i want to read letters from not just augustine man but like clement from origin like get back into it right right um this
0: real From deal early, Polycarp, church fathers, yeah, uh, like,
1: yeah, the people who were right after the apostles, right?
0: Yeah, um, they, they were left holding the bag after it wasn't, it wasn't uh, every, all the apostles that they were killed. Or, that
1: they really believed it, it wasn't that they really believed it, it was that they really believed in something that was true, and they gave them something like a, actually something tangible, a love, a peace, a joy that they had yeah. never known before, and they would not die denying that. Right. Right. And so that is something that like they had their, you said they didn't see Christ and that's right. They either saw miracles that they couldn't explain um, and or did in themselves and, or, you know, had the fruit of the spirit that they did not have before. Yeah. And that's something that like, that maybe that we really water down when we seek to force other people to, oblige our beliefs, particularly in society. Like maybe one of the reasons we have such less fruit of the spirit off our own Christian trees in in America is because we're so busy trying to claim persecution. And really we're just like bluffing that we're, um, a little inconvenience.
0: Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, just to tie it back to sort of my last few months of experience here is, is the, the heart of it that, to me, it's, it's clearly true that living in a purely self-serving way will not bring you peace, love, and joy in your life. Ah, very good. Okay. So serving others or or serving something greater than yourself does bring me those things. Um, and to, to deny that reality and to continue to live in the denial of that reality will only cause you severe distress and and self-loathing and all these other things, you know, that's.
1: I think, but that, that is interesting. You have to like to realize a, a, as you have that there's a conflict of desires. You rationally are acknowledging something and you, arguably your spirit believes that too. Yeah. And is and it's yearning for that, but your body does not like it fights that. And so whenever I feel like that, there's a division, particularly a contrast of desires between your mind and your body, you can draw a line between them and say, okay, my mind and my body are, are sort of separate beings in a sense right? It's really hard to have two conflicting desires. Um, So it's your body having one and your mind having the other. And that's how I think we draw a line around in in our own ways through our own experiences, a a third, a spirit or a soul, which, which, you know, your mind might not agree and your body might not agree. Something is is rational and you want it for me. I'll just give an example. Like I I want something, maybe it's a job that pays me more money and it's more comfortable. So my body wants it, my mind wants it, but I'm like, oof. Something says don't. Yeah. What is that something, right? That's either my spirit or the Holy spirit. And that's where I think we can start to to do that. So that's also, you know, I'm excited for it. Um, I really appreciate your candidness and vulnerability there. Um, and that's also something that like, um, yeah, man. Um, I would say every single one of those beings, our body, our mind, and our soul all wants to rule the others.
0: Yeah. And and to kind of, yeah, to kind of go back to one of the original themes of this show, or one of the reasons we started doing this in the, in the first place was our early conversations about how, you know, we live in a society and a culture that is algorithmically planned to uh, compel us to like go by the desires of our body. Mm, Um, Those things are around every corner. Um, And as things as that conflict within you becomes more and more irreconcilable, Mm. um, you, you end up always defaulting to that option, to the pleasure, to the comfort, to the escapism, um, to try and trick yourself into thinking that that conflict isn't there anymore, um, or, or to enter another world where that conflict isn't there. Um, but that, you know the the it's a really marginal return um after enough time doing that you don't get the same escapism after enough time and and i think you know to try and find something that is a little bit more um has a little bit more long longevity and permanence um is and transcendence of the of the body is is got to be a priority for us as we uh, go into what i think is going to be difficult times for everyone um Mm -hmm. so so okay. yeah. So, anyways, so saying
1: uh, and focusing on the future that you'd really like to dig into uh, the, the, the early ch- Christian church for their, for their power of their belief, the power of their testimony. Yeah. And I heard you say it, but I guess I'll emphasize it. Um, and then I'll ask you maybe what you want me to emphasize on it in, in, in this next season. But I, I'd like you to lean into that second one, which is the personal truth of it. Like to put it you know, out of my own mouth, What's Jesus want for Cyrus Kappa? What's Jesus want with Cyrus Kappa? Um, not just, hey, you know what, um, the power of belief in movements, particularly you know, revolutions over decades or over generations, um, as the Christian church did, but what's that truth underneath it all? And, you know, and, and, and continuing that personal quest, as it seems like you are, along with the societal quest.
0: Right. Not just a belief for belief's sake, um, but a real, real search for what is And This is one of
1: those where like, yeah, it seems like good Christians will disagree. You can listen to pastors in front of thousands of people and say, you know, if if you believe, uh, then you're saved. Um, Other pastors will emphasize, yeah, if you believe, your actions will show it. Um, Right. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Belief
0: alone. Yeah, James is a book of the Bible, I think we'll definitely have to uh, spend some time on um, when we when we come back. But all that to say, so, you know, we, we've kind of talked both about, you know, where, what we've, our journey has been so far along this along this route, and and where we see as sort of a long term destination of where we want to go. Um, But, you know, for our for our listeners, and for people who are invested in the show, what, what can they expect from you? What are some of the topics you want to be focused on kind of and to cover a little bit as we go forward?
1: Yeah, a great point to ask anybody. You know, we've had a lot of folks write in. So we ask for more to write in if you want us to uh, plan a, a conversation and, and really dig into something um, going forward. Please, please suggest that either, you know, Instagram, Facebook Messenger whatever. And we've got a the gold email um, Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Big
0: part of this break will be, uh, you know, streamlining our social media and our communications department. Um, so yes, feel free to reach out. We'll be checking that more frequently now, but yeah. Anyways, go ahead.
1: Yeah. So early Christian church,
0: like I said, um, particularly topics though, I
1: mean, I'm enamored with the sermon on the Mount still. So you even attended a Bible study. Cyrus came to check us out. Um, and we had a Bible study focused on Sermon on the Mount. And so we will certainly be digging into that. Um, I think James, we can do as well. Um, we still have to finish Communist Manifesto, but we're also reading some books. Jesus and John Wayne, we're pretty excited about, um, trying to pull the author in for that one. Um, and then some early church fathers, like I said, uh, namely the two I wanted to, namely three Polycarp, Clement, and Origen. Um, are the ones I really want to understand a little bit more. And then if there's time before we get into season three, what were some of the, you know, the church leaders and and those that are purely seeking Christ thinking around the origin of democracy? So that's where I'm going to be camping out just because I think I need to wash and purify my political participation opinions through context and history.
0: Yeah, it seems like, you know, what you're saying there and some of what we've been talking about in the past is like, or just a real more fundamental examination of American Christianity too. And, and, um, like Jesus, that book, you mentioned Jesus and John Wayne does a really good job of that, but some others as well. Um, you know, this sort of, in what ways is American Christianity different, um, than, you know, maybe the early church fathers intended, Um, and how did we get there? And also, you know, what ought we to do about it? Um, so I think that's, uh, you know, that's going to be, that's a, a, a worthwhile endeavor.
1: Brian Sears has given me a few books, um, hard copy. And so I've got my homework laid out for me. Nice. Um, That's great. Yeah. Uh, What about you? Any topics you particularly want to, um, include in here? Because we've, we're, we're building a, a conversation list, interview list, that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I think, you know, for me, um, we have discussed a lot of the ways in which, you know, this sort of this first season, you know, in the ways that what our priorities are that are similar, uh, what our disagreements are. But I think, we, you know, now we're starting to get a, a little bit firmer grasp on what the overlap is between our, our two sort of worldviews. Um, and and it, I, in my opinion, a lot of the core of that is the same. Uh, of the
1: problems I find are largely the same.
0: Exactly. Inequality. It, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, both for socialists and Christians or, and, and, anyone in the middle or just, you know, curious about these two, these two perspectives. Um, I really want to sort of spend some time highlighting. Okay. So yeah, these are the things that we agree are problems. Um, and, and diving a little bit more into the history of those problems and, and trying to you know, help people just get a little bit stronger of an understanding of how those problems came to be, um, you know, what their real origins and and trajectories are. Uh, so we can maybe, you know, come to some common sense understanding together about how we can, you know, form a coalition to to work on those problems together.
1: Um, Ooh, okay.
0: So, so um, yeah, so building some, some common ground on the problems
1: and, and helping people understand, Hey, we, we agree on the same problem. What, what, what's, what's going on here?
0: Yeah. I mean, no offense, but you know, everybody hates bankers. Uh, (laughs) um, People, I, I think, you know, maybe more so now than ever. Um, There's a, Uh, I think uh,
1: the industry thinks they've done a pretty good job through COVID keeping the financial system humming. So
0: I'm um, sure they do. Um, But you know, the, uh, I, I think I saw a statistic the other day that, America's billionaires have gotten uh you know 1.2 trillion dollars richer over the course of the pandemic.
1: Well, billionaires um, and bankers are
0: different, but continue. Sure. But the financial system, we all know who's behind the wheel there. Um but you know but but what I meant to say too is not it's not just bankers, it's you know sort of this this global financial elite that encompasses things like, you know, the I I think a a lot of people now, maybe a lot more now than they would have a couple of years ago, uh, things like the deep state, um, uh, things things like how the deep state and that global financial elite are related and and how that history goes back a a good long ways um, has sort of been a a pet project of me to research and try to understand more. Um, Yeah, from
1: from some of, you know, hearing you speak now, it, it seems like, yeah, you're trying to really connect the dots for people, not just in, in similarity of, like, we, we were frustrated, like, the Tea Party and the Occupy Movement, we are frustrated about a lot of the same things, run by two yeah. different political parties, uh, one was more organized, um, or weaponized, and, and then bringing, and then making common ground out of that, but also trying to connect the dots of, like, why, how does Jeffrey Epstein impact your life, right. and, 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 and uniting people under that cause, I guess.
0: Right. Like Uh just beyond the obvious, you know, disgust and horror of someone like Jeffrey Epstein and and the deeds that he was responsible for. um, How does that actually, you know, like what is the actual cost to us um, besides the spiritual cost of, you know, having those people be in high positions all over all over the place? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, what is what is the actual why? Why? Why are those people allowed to exist and be unaccountable? in their actions. Um, you know, I think we, we had a lot of arguments or not arguments, but you know, when, uh, Jeffrey Epstein, um, will say passed away. Uh, <laughs> I think, you know, and I hope our listeners can read between the lines about what I think happened to him. Uh, but you know, there was this, this, I think both, both you and dad, or maybe it was just dad was, saying something to the effect of like, okay, well, like, I know Trump is going to investigate it. And if he doesn't, then I'll really get, you know, what side he's on. Um, And I'm sure you believe that. But at the same time, so much other stuff happened in between that. And you know, where are we with that? Nothing has happened. No one's been really held accountable for anything that happened with that. Like, Um,
1: yeah, yeah. um,
0: Yes, that
1: that, I think that's such a good example. Because like, if people think yeah, they don't live by the same laws we do. And, y- y- and uniting, right? Something, something, right? That has come out of the socialist camp that like is a way to like sort of come together on that is like, yeah, well, you know, maybe some laborers in the companies should be on the boards of directors. I don't I think to try to break down what you said. You said, Hey, I believe the Karl Marx's vision of history or the record of history is true, which is largely to say, um, History is a just a just like a, a big conflict between the classes, between the rich and the poor, the haves and the have nots, from Egypt, the pharaohs and the slaves, to the Romans, the plebes, and the patricians, to America, right? The yeah. oligarchs and and America maybe is a little bit different, but also it's what place.
0: drives things forward and keeps things from settling into some, you know, static, Peaceful. homeostatic yeah. status yeah. flow.
1: And so one thing we can do to change the completely inappli- in unequal application of laws to rich and poor is to change the balance of uh, money flow a little bit, whether that be uh, giving more to the, and uh, providing means to, for the, the poor to have more or the rich to have less. And you know, there are certainly ones that are more pragmatic than others, but I'm kind of seeing what you're saying there. Yeah. In order to, to, to change the fact that, the Epstein's and all the billionaires and all the you know ultimate and all the entertainers that went to his you know private crazy islands, like that will continue to happen if they have that much more money than me. Yeah, exactly, you know, that like, like it- that's something that I, 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 you know, being someone who works at an investment bank, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know if I disagree with that.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, you said it right there, as much as I want to see individuals like, you know, Epstein and his cronies and all those people face consequences for what they did. uh, At the end of the day, nothing is really going to change if, you know, we still have a system that, like, you know, think about all the things that you could do, or maybe would want to do or whatever that would get you in trouble would get you in trouble with the, the legal system or whatever else. And think about, how many fewer of those things would get you in trouble if you had a billion dollars, um, you know, or in, in, you know, some of these people's cases, 150, $250 billion. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, we, uh, we are, are getting to a point now where uh, that's, that's my priority for people at least to help them get gain a greater understanding or, or see a little bit more clearly, not just where I'm coming from, which was maybe the point, of uh our earlier episodes but uh to actually try and build you know real bridges between us Uh, not just point them out and say like oh yeah this is the crossing where we could both cross but to say oh let's start doing the work um of getting there and 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 really prioritize the things that we do have in common so um so yeah that's that's kind of where i see things going um And I hope that uh, people are interested in that.
1: Okay, Cyrus, very good. Prioritizing and focusing on our agreement points and how to reach those who will agree with you and and connect the dots, okay? Yeah. Well, we've got our work cut out for us. Um, Some history, but also some very relevant application and and some solidarity between uh, folks like us. Yeah. Um, It's a good effort.
0: Gonna be a little um, something said, for everybody. We're gonna yeah. have a lot of spiritual talk. We're gonna have a lot of history and probably not too much at you know political theater talk. I hope not. Uh oh yeah
1: Lord help us man you know what being at mom and dad's I've watched more news than I have in a long time and
0: ugh. you know the longer you get away from it the more absurd I feel like it, it appears when you see it again. Um you know, the political more.
1: theater is really interesting
0: you know what like socrates
1: is allegory of the cave everyone is in society and world is just like bonded hands and feet necks staring at the back of a wall cave wall where basically puppet masters are making shadow puppets uh, you know in front of some fire and keeping people yeah. entertained um or angry right and and, and distracted that yikes man it's it's just yeah. i Thankfully, it's like you've, you you probably use Cyrus, very akin to stopping meat for a while, and then eventually you kind of lose the taste for it. Um, as I've sort of seen you, and so it's just like in yeah. that way, like yeah, yeah, it's like even if they're saying things I
0: agree with, i like, I've lost the taste for this. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, allegory of the cave is a cliche, but it's a cliche for a reason. You know, it's because it. <laughs> it's uh, it's at this point almost you know once once you do kind of start to see things that way it's you see it all over the place um and i guess what i would say yeah if i have one piece of advice for any of our listeners it would be stop listening to to cable news oh yeah on either side yeah
1: fast that for a month and like watch your soul get lighter yeah Um, And less hateful or less like, yeah, anxious
0: or whatever. Less paranoid. You know, it does not do anything good for you. I I can promise you that. Um, Nor does it bring you any closer to the truth, uh, which is what it's all about. Right. So,
1: yeah. Any. uh, Yeah. Uh, Okay, Cyrus. Well, you've been talking about. uh, So let's let's take a step back and and a step inward. Um, So you've talked about the paradox of hedonism um, in New York City. Um, How's that been going? And, <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it has its, uh, has its ups and downs. Um, I think it's, you know, like I said, I think a, a big, big problem today is, is a, like a lot of people desire to do something to take action about the things they see that are wrong in the world, whether you're a Christian or a socialist, um, or whatever. Um, but it's really hard to know what to do, It's hard to know what to do with your hands. You know, it's like, I'm Ricky Bobby. I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to do with my hands here. I'm just talking. I feel like I'm, I'm talking into the void, you know, at a certain level. Um, and that really misses the point, I think, um, which is that it, 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 it kind of goes back to tying back into that whole, um, you know, everyone being encouraged to be God thing. Uh, where it's like if you don't if you can't have the side of god that's all knowing uh, then you end up turning to wanting to be the side of god that's all powerful um, that, that can get anything you want um, that can have the power to make those feelings go away mm. um, but at the end you know the, it has to stop at some point you know you can't do that in perpetuity i mean you can but it will it will lead to death. You're going to be, you know, like a uh, Howard Ratner and uncut gems, you know, just going, going, going until, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen it. But, um, <laughs>
1: well, that might be interesting, right? Because that maybe,
0: and I'm just talking one symptom and it's left,
1: right. It doesn't matter, but maybe that's a little bit what the safe spaces has been about. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to control your environment and, yeah. and, 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 um, and sort of even canceling, right? Like that is, this like maybe it's a symptom of us trying to be like god yeah um fascinating you know if we get last time we were together was it in when you were in texas and uh someone who was wearing a shirt that was said um worship yourself and like others will follow or something like that
0: i think i saw it on a commercial for nair which is an absurd which is like that that foam you rub on your body or that women use to like take all the hair off their body uh, um we saw uh, sh-
1: something like it though i feel like yeah were,
0: like you know going wherever we were yeah yeah but i mean that is i mean that is sort of that that mentality and i think it's amazing that you know people feel confident enough to whether it's wear it on a t-shirt or advertise it out to a million people that they think that that's a compelling message um and it is uh for a lot of people sounds um, true sounds true sounds true uh and but it is can, I, it is true in a sense um and but that doesn't mean it's good
1: or and, tr- yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: there's a lot of things that are you know quote unquote true that are bad um, yeah that,
1: that's you know what whether you believe it literally or not the i i also come out and say i believe it literally but even the allegorical meaning is literal yeah and satan's telling adam and eve you'll be like god you'll understand good and evil. You're not going to die. and Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He was right. You know, in, in a sense. Right. So like, um, so think of it like that. The, in the, the, the original light of man.
0: Right. The is, body doesn't die, but the soul does. Right. Um, and you know, in the uh, the original light of man, though,
1: the original is you can be like God.
0: Yeah. That, no, I mean, that is, that is amazing. And it, it does feel like we've sort of crossed a, a threshold uh, into some new bizarro world where that is that's something that is considered a virtue be whatever Um, you want. Yeah. And I, I mean, I think for, you know, the ultra rich and the most powerful people in the world, that's been considered a virtue for a long time, but now they're even, they're even telling the plebs that they should do that. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They don't have anything else to offer them anymore. So they're like, Oh no, 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 you just worship yourself. And then, you know, everything, everything else will, will be given to you after that. Um, well, so. yeah, and,
1: and going through Mike Duncan's History of Rome And now dad's been leapfrogging me and Now that he's finished that And almost every other revolution Is um, is into some of the great courses On early Christianity So that's why I think I've been getting the hint Of like push that way And um, yeah, if anyone wonders Like our dad, while not college educated Is quite the student of history And has made his way through All of Mike Duncan's history revolutions So
0: yeah, he's even laughed at me. I haven't gotten the history of Rome yet, but um, yeah, no, it's uh, it's new, moving to New York is a humbling experience. Okay, say. what do you mean
1: by that? And we can start to wrap it up. But what are you saying there?
0: No, just that you know, there, there. It doesn't matter how how highly you think of yourself, or um, yeah, or or don't think of yourself, or, or whatever. But there's always someone who's smarter than you. There's always someone who's better looking than you. There's always someone who's more charming. You? Uh, <laughs> um yeah even me even me um but it's a uh, you know it really does you can you can choose to be let that make you bitter um or aggrieved or whatever or you can choose to take what i think is the real lesson from that which is the, the that's all it's all vanity anyways it doesn't really matter um and and you just that that if, if anything, to t- take any bitterness from that is a clear and obvious sign that you are too focused on yourself, um, that, mm-hmm. that you are are vain. Uh, so yeah, uh, we'll see. I I'm, uh, but I'm glad to be here. I am in the belly of the beast, as Jose Marti said. Um, it is it is that, if nothing else. Um, so learning a lot about about a lot of things.
1: Well, why don't you give it more belly and less beast if you can? <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, I have them trying to put on some pounds. Uh, um, we'll see. Uh, but well, any uh, any uh, concluding thoughts, Chase, or you uh, feel like that uh, gives people gives the people a, a good enough preface for where we're going?
1: Yeah, man, where we're going. Um, uh, we really appreciate people reaching out. Let us know that like this means something to them, or that yeah. they that, like me or Cyrus strike a chord. Um, It's what is, you know, everyone goes through lulls, but I think it's what like to see other people that are going through different phases of their journey, kind of like we are and are legitimately concerned, but also confused um, helps. And, you know, as I'm digging into things like Sermon on the Mount, uh, you know, I'm I'm realized that I'm, that this is a noble pursuit, right? For people who want to shut off, cable TV and cable news, and just forget about it all. Like, that's not what Jesus says. He's talking through his beatitudes. You know, he says, the, the, the poor in spirit are blessed for, you know, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Those who mourn are blessed for they will be comforted. Like, Jesus isn't looking for people who are shutting themselves off to the morning, but people who have a front seat to the, the, the pain in the world and who mourn for it and who want to do something for it. Um, what exactly that is politically, I don't know. Christ seemed to be very focused, as with Paul, you know, John and James on uh,
0: the heart. So we'll see. But that's uh, the thing. If Jesus has a heart for those people, then that's probably a good lesson to take about what we should have a heart for.
1: Yeah. Um, I guess what I'm saying is. I love you. And, you know, the one thing that I think we are light on in this last season is encouraging each other to be more local in our love um and so don't freaking come back to season two without some examples of how you've been able to push yourself and love um you know roommate to to, to friends and you know co-workers
0: yeah yeah I mean I think it's uh I, I knew it was going to be hard in its own way but it's harder than it is and it sounds in theory I think um to be truly committed to that uh, especially maybe in a place like like this too um well it's because it's not you know it's it's I,
1: I was telling grandpa jim who's here today um you know and he lives in like montana um i f- haven't felt lonelier than then when i'm in a crowd of people in new york city that i don't know yeah and i don't have anywhere like you know to go right that minute because everyone seems to be in such a hurry um however i was out there looking for older berries and huckleberries yesterday and like you know probably a football field off of the main path where samantha and mom were picking choke cherries and like i didn't feel lonely at all when i was in friggin rural idaho yeah right yeah, definitely. so interesting how that plays
0: yeah yeah people are very can be can be very suspicious of of good intentions <laughs> um here uh but that's understandable. You know, I mean, it is, it is, as they say, a doggy dog world that I don't want to give, I don't want to cast too much shade upon uh New York city. Um, I, it is actually, I found it to be a very friendly place in a lot of ways too. So I don't want everyone to just totally buy into that, but it is, it can be a very lonely place as well. So all that to say, Chase, thank you for uh, encouraging us to uh, kind of take stock of, of where we're, where we've been, where we're going. And, uh, I'm excited about what the future holds for us and for the show. Um, so I hope people who listen are as well. I think we have, uh, still, still a lot left in the tank here.
1: Thank goodness. Um, and it would be good to, you know what, uh, you bring some of the lessons you've been, you know, picking up from your studies as well. So yeah, dude, I do. I yeah.
0: love you too. Uh, just last thing, uh, just to give people an idea of about how long they can expect us to return. Uh, we're, we're looking to be uh, be returning with new episodes sometime uh, before the holiday season kind of starts to kick off around the Thanksgiving time frame and, and whatnot. Um, we want to be so, back in
1: your homes and in your car stereos uh, before
0: yeah. Christmas. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, alright well love you Chase a uh, bunch of love to everyone who's supported the show so far encourage you to you know tell your friends in the intervening uh, weeks he and I uh, an we hope to hear from you soon he forced, oh, buddy. love you he acts, love he you dies.
1: but principles are eternal and this has been a
0: contest over a principle in this contest brother has been arrayed against brother father against son it is for these that we
1: speak We do not come as
0: aggressors. Our war is not a war of conquest. We are fighting in defense of our homes, our families, and prosperity. This has been Cross of Gold. Thank you for listening. Uh, I'd like to thank Sant Invictus for producing our intro and outro songs, and uh, look forward to seeing you next time.